Welcome to Grain Talk, a podcast by Grain Farmers of Ontario. I'm Rachel Telford. And I'm Paige Miller. The Grain Talk podcast can be found on Apple iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite platform. Grain Farmers of Ontario is holding a virtual March Classic, March 22nd and 23rd. We want to thank our sponsors for continuing to support our organization and our event. Thank you, AgriCorps, Spirits Canada, University of Guelph OAC Dean's Office and Department of Plant Agriculture, MNP, Pride Seeds, and Roberts Farm Equipment, New Holland. In this episode of Grain Talk, Paige and I will speak with the Grain Farmers of Ontario agronomy team. Marty Vermey, Senior Agronomist, and Laura Ferrier, Agronomist. And I will have a conversation with Brendan Burney, Chair of the Board of Directors. First, a Grain Talk News update. More than 700 people have registered for the March Classic next week. We are excited to welcome our farmer members and industry partners to our first ever virtual March Classic as we celebrate the legacy of care, hope, and nourishment that grain farming brings. Attendees will hear from world-class speakers presenting on international trade, the disconnect between science and media, as well as future food trends and the impacts those could have on Ontario agriculture. Farmer members will be able to visit trade show booths in our two exhibit halls and chat with fellow farmer members and industry representatives in our networking lounge. Attendees will also be able to enter several contests and win great prizes. We look forward to seeing everyone there. With spring quickly approaching, farmers may be hiring additional help and interacting with more delivery drivers and suppliers. Farmers should revisit their COVID-19 health protocols and make any updates and adjustments as needed to ensure safety on farm. Any farm with employees needs to have a COVID-19 safety plan. The plan should outline how you will limit the risk of exposure, how you will communicate protocols and updates, worker training, and daily screening for COVID symptoms. Workplace Safety and Prevention Services has more information and a sample of a COVID safety plan available on their website at covid19.wsps.ca slash resources. According to the latest report from Farm Credit Canada, Canada's farmland market remains strong and stable. The average value of Canadian farmland increased by 5.4% in 2020, slightly more than the increase reported in 2019. In Ontario, average farmland values increased by 4.7% in 2020, following gains of 6.7% in 2019 and 3.6% in 2018. FCC states that producer investments in farmland are a reflection of their confidence and optimism. The complete FCC farmland values report can be found on their website, fcc-fac.ca. And now, here's our conversation with Marty Vermey and Laura Ferrier. Grain Farmers of Ontario is holding a virtual March Classic, March 22nd and 23rd. We want to thank our sponsors for continuing to support our organization and our event. Thank you, Farm Credit Canada, John Deere Canada, BASF Canada Inc., Ingredient Canada Corporation, and Pioneer. Joining Rachel and I on the podcast today is our agronomy team, Marty Vermey and Laura Ferrier. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Thanks so much. Hey, thanks for having us. So we thought it would be a good idea to kind of chat about 
the upcoming planting season with the two of you in relation to the article that was posted about some friendly reminders about farm safety, the cover crop feedback form, and plant 2021. So to start it off, let's talk a little bit about plant 2021. So what sort of field prep should those in the farming community kind of start with? That's a great question, Paige. So the number one thing is don't get out in your field if it's too wet. Um, If it's too wet, you can cause a lot of damage. Some guys and girls might be wanting to do some tillage this spring. Just make sure that the ground is fit before you head onto that field. Um, You can smear and compact the soil. And that's something that you'll definitely pay for all year until the next freeze cycle um, will help that it'll help uh, recondition the soil, but just, just really be aware of uh, what sort of field conditions that you have currently. I've also noticed a few people are going out to spread some manure in my area. Um, just be aware uh, that you should not be spreading manure on snow covered ground. If that is in your plan to do this week, make sure there's no snow in the field. And I'm sure Marty can probably add to what I've just uh, said. Patience in the springtime is just so important. I mean, a lot of times we are itching to get out there and get some work done quickly so we can get to plant 2021 very early and get that crop seeded. But we have to remember, as Laura mentioned, the different conditions in the springtime that we have to be aware of. And compaction is a big issue. And sometimes we think it's just the tractor, but it's also the equipment, the tillage equipment you're using. So just be mindful and practice patience in the springtime. By now, most farmers have probably, you know, selected their seed um, and it's probably sitting in the shed ready to plant. So what sort of um, things should farmers consider when it comes to seed selection right now, um, if they haven't made their decisions or what sort of things that should they be reaching out to their seed dealers about? For sure. So some farmers, um, they might have their seed in the shed and some still might be waiting on some hybrids to to arrive. Sometimes um, hybrids get flipped from one to another. Just make sure that you have the best hybrid that is available for your field and your field conditions. Um, that's that's a main thing that you got to keep in mind and, and make sure that you're aware of the traits that it has. Um, if it is going to be suitable for, uh, if you have any corn rootworm resistance in your area, um, that sort of thing, especially this year, really keep that in mind and be cognizant of that heading into spring. Yeah, and I think, I think I'd add to it also that, you know, there's a lot of learnings that we had from the winter meetings. There's been a lot of winter meetings. Everyone's been online learning a lot of things. And we talk about weed resistance issues that have been coming up, but also the insect resistance. So if you've got corn rootworm and you're putting corn on corn, make sure you have a really solid plan on what you're considering for this year. Uh, Because if you do have resistance in the area and your field does show it this year, make sure you're scouting your field. But best plan of action is to have your rotations in check. And if you have to make some changes now, now is the time to do it rather than when the seed's planted. So what's your best advice if somebody does have seeds sitting in their shed that they're thinking after attending all those meetings that Marty just mentioned that maybe because I, I'm, I think I might have an issue with corn rootworm or some disease that, that popped up last fall and the seed that I have isn't maybe the right one. What's the best advice to deal with that? Yeah, the seed industry is very key that they want to make sure that the farmers have success. So they are more than willing to make adjustments and changes. Uh, there is a chance that maybe they don't have a, a good solution for you at the time. But the first thing would be if you've got a different plan, communicate your change of plans with those you're working with, whether it's your retailer, your seed supplier, and tell them you have some concerns and you're looking for a better solution. And they're more than willing to help you because they want you to succeed as well. 
Another thing we should mention is if uh, you are getting your seed together and make sure that it's well laid out in your shed so that anybody can grab it and start planting if you are all of a sudden not able to assist. Um, with COVID this year, there could be a lot of a lot of things going on in the spring that might take you out of the field all of a sudden. So make sure that you have a really well um, laid out plan that's written and documented for what seed goes into what field um, so that if you do have to leave and you're not available to help plant or to help direct what's going on, um, make sure you have that documentation available um, for anybody just to follow through and make sure things get done correctly. So Marty, can you walk us through what farmers should remember to double check on their planters in order to be ready for spring planting and to make sure that they get the most out of their seed? You have to think about your planter. It's probably one of the critical steps in making sure that you uh, have a successful season. But I want to walk through a couple of things that maybe farmers should consider for this upcoming year and that they don't think about. And believe it or not, it all starts, starts at the hitch. So when you hook that planter up to the tractor, you need to make sure you've got the right hitch height. A lot of people may switch equipment mid-season. They may have a, a tractor breakdown and switch the tractor. And all of a sudden, hey, my planting's not going the same. What happened? And actually what happened is the hitch height was different on their tractor. The pitch of the planter was different. So it might've been sticking out of the ground more or it was at a different angle and putting more pressure on everything. So it's really critical to, uh, to start with your planter early in the season and get everything set up for it and have your planter tractor and hopefully it's in good shape and it's gonna run you all season. Um, but start with the hitch height. And then you gotta think about your tires. Uh, a lot of people don't think about uh, the tires. They put some air pressure in it but the air pressure makes the diameter of the tire different. So if you have um, low pressure or high pressure, that can actually change your population and the rotation of your tire for what you're planting your seed at, which some people don't consider sometimes. But of course, we don't want a flat tire, but you need to have the proper tire pressure and the proper tire size. Sometimes we run across planters that aren't planting accurately. A lot of farmers say, hey, I'm about uh, 1,000 or 2,000 shy on my manual. My manual says I should be planting 32,000 at these gear settings, but it turns out to be planting higher or lower. A lot of times if you trace it back, it's, it's to the tire size and it could be you know, different tires than was intended for that planter. It could be a lot of different things. There's a lot of modifications that occur. So if you're picking up a used planter, that's some considerations. Other things are the parallel linkage arms. Um, you need to make sure that those parallel linkage arms on the planter are, are smooth of, of movement. Uh, there's no uh, binding sites because that's really gonna affect that movement and the flexibility in the field when you're going over um, hills and valleys in your field. You really need to make sure everything's flowing as good as possible. Also your drive chains, you need to make sure your drive chains are working. If they're stiff and rusted, uh, you can just imagine you're gonna have some skips and jumps. You're not gonna be planting the seed in the ground. Wow, that's right, you're gonna have misses. And a lot of times people say, why is there a big gap in my row? If you go back to the planter and there's some issues with the planter, that's a lot of times the problems that they have, which leads us into seed singulation. Seed singulation is the whole purpose of a planter. You need to make sure that you're planting that seed uniformly. Um, so your seed singulator, which some planters are different, there's air planters, there's finger units. You need to make sure that that system is set up properly. The best thing to do is of course have a bench test, uh, but sometimes Problems happen in season and you just need to make sure how you make some adjustments. With seed singulation too, the seed size that you have, sometimes uh, with some planters you have to make uh, some fine-tuned adjustments. Now a lot of farmers may have uh, electric drive motors on their planters and that electric drive motor, they can change their population on the go, which is great with precision egg. But a lot of times farmers rely on that too heavily and say, ah, if I'm planting a couple thousand too less, I'll just 
move it up from 32 to 34,000. But maybe there's other problems going on with the planter. And maybe it's because you're having a bunch of skips and jumps and you're going too fast, your vibrations, and you're not getting the right population for other reasons. So you're going to have a very poor stand in your field. So you really got to get back to the basics and really understand what's causing the problems if you start to see it go out of whack. It could be your seed size and the seed's too big and it's not fitting properly on your finger or your air plate, your pressure's off. A lot of different variable things that could happen at that time, but it's pretty important to uh, keep an eye on that. And also gauge wheels. Did you know gauge wheels are important as far as the movement of that unit up and down and setting that at the right depth? Now, the gauge wheels is what allows you to plant in the proper depth, but making sure all the units are the same depth is uh, pretty important when you hit the field running. But other parts of the planter, when you get to the double disc openers, is also your seed tube guard and the seed tube making sure that that seed is coming from the singulator all the way down to the seed trench is pretty important. If you've got any broken pieces, cracks, um, anything can actually disrupt the seed movement down that seed tube, and that can make the seed bounce around. And that too can give you uneven seed placement because it's bouncing and you don't want that. So there are other things that need to be looked at over the planter. Now the closing wheels, that is what's going to actually put that seed to soil contact you want to make sure that's adjusted in the field. So you want to make sure that that's ready when you have it sitting in the shed and make sure that you have it rolling freely. No bushings are worn out. You want to make sure that the closing wheels are operating properly and also that the closing wheels line up right directly behind your double disc opener because you want to have them in line. You don't want your closing wheels off to the side and pushing the seed over sideways or making it more shallow. You want to be a right over the center. So a lot of little things to look over a planter to make sure everything op is operational in the springtime. Now, Marty, I've been seeing on Twitter a lot of farmers, they obviously have their equipment in the shed right now and they're working working on it. When you make adjustments like that over the winter or perhaps you get a new piece of equipment in that you're, you're just working on, um, obviously testing things out is really important. But how do you handle when you have different fields and maybe different field conditions if you have a new piece of equipment or something that you've modified over the winter? Yeah, doing a test run is always a good thing. And if you've got some dry conditions, now is a good time. You know, you probably don't want to plant in March, but if your soil conditions are good, you know, test that planter out. Just do a dry run. Um, have a little bit of, you know, garbage seed left over from last year. Put it through your planter and uh, just see how your populations, your stands, your, uh, your how everything's lined up with your planter. Um, that's a that's a good check for anybody to uh, to do in the springtime before they actually hit the field running because once it's go time and you're, you know, the end of April and want to get your corn in the ground, um, you don't want to have to be waiting and fixing things up. So you still got a couple more weeks to, you know, to fix up some some little glitches with your planter. Um, now's a good time to test them out. Now for the farmers that are east of the north and there's still snow on the ground, you just have to wait until the field conditions um, are right for you to test it. And some farmers actually try it on the driveway or in their grass, if you have a spot that you can actually test the planter out, don't have to go very far, but you can just kind of double check to make sure everything's working. So Marty, talking about people getting ready to start plant 21, obviously people are anxious to get into the field. Anytime we have a sunny day, I know people start thinking about it, but what are the ideal conditions that people need to watch for before they do head out into the field? Yeah, you really can't look at the calendar. You really need to take a look at the field conditions themselves. And, you know, some of the fields around here right now have been drying off nicely. Well, rain's going to come in the forecast, but that's going to be our trick in the springtime too, is choosing the right time to plant. And we have to remember that if we go when the conditions aren't quite fit, and that's what I mean about a little too wet. Um, Laura mentioned a little bit earlier about working your ground in the springtime. It's the same thing for planting. 
if the conditions are a little too wet, we'll get what's called sidewall uh, compaction, and it's a smearing. So those double disc openers are going to smear the soil when it's wet. And then if you place the seed in there and put too much pressure on top, and you got to be careful of your down pressure, you're really going to seal the seed in a tomb, and you don't want to do that. You want to put it in nice soil conditions that are loose, tap the soil around it to get seed to soil contact, but you don't want to put too much pressure and you don't want the soil too wet because what you'll have is you'll have roots that, that cannot penetrate that sidewall. They'll go straight down uh, any compaction layer. It'll hit that compaction layer and the roots will just go laterally. So you really got to be careful of springtime, picking the right time. And it's when the ground conditions are fit. And then fit means different things to different people and different soil types are different as well. So of course with clay, if you can grab that clay down two inches and it smears in your hand and you keep, you roll it into a ball and it goes into a snake, that's way too wet on clay conditions. On sand, it's more forgiving. So you can go into some good conditions, but just know your ground conditions and go when it's properly to put that seed in the ideal seed bed you can. And that's where you can maintain your best yield potential uh, going into the springtime. Awesome. So Laura, for the upcoming planting season, what sort of diseases and weeds should folks be aware of and what sort of management techniques should they be including in their plant 2021 plan? Sure. So I'd, I'd say be aware of what weed species you have in your field um, and make plans to take care of those species, depending on your rotation and what you're growing and um, how you're fertilizing. And there could be easily um, some other weeds pop up that you may not have seen this year um, or in the prior years, I guess. Um, one of them might be water hemp. And we've got an agronomy alert on our gfo.ca slash agronomy, uh, specifically on water hemp. It is spreading across Ontario and it can be difficult to be to control so just be aware that as as the years progress you may see more and more um, different species that you haven't seen before um, for for management have your plan a for herbicide applications and then also have your plan B um, for if uh, wind speeds and uh, if it rains um, and you can't get that that herbicide down make sure you have a plan B that still may also be a good option to take care of weed species in your fields uh, for diseases um, we have done an, an agronomy alert on tar spot. It was discovered in Ontario this past fall in a few cornfields um, in certain areas of the province. So just be on the lookout for, for diseases. And we have a wonderful network here between um, CCA, between GFO, um, OMAFRA. They, like, they have really great, um, a really great way of spreading the news of what to watch for and what could be an issue um, coming up for 2021. It really depends a lot on the um, the, what the weather patterns are and if it's going to be hot and dry or if it's going to be um, really moist, that certainly can cause a lot of uh, differences in what we see for disease and insects throughout the, the growing season. So just be in touch with your, your CCA and your agronomist and, and be aware of what could be coming into your fields. Uh, March 14th to March 20th this week is um, Canadian Egg Safety Week. We want our farmer members, though, to think about safety all through the growing season. Um, as we gear up, though, for planting season, um, I'm wondering if both of you could give maybe your top safety tips to, for, for our farmer members to consider. Um, Laura, why don't we start with you on that? Farm safety is one of those topics that ne that is near and dear to my heart. Um, in our area, we've had a lot of very tragic farm safety um, 
accidents in our area that have just been horrible. So my number one thing that I would say, and I know it's hard because I've been in that this situation as well, but working while tired, it's it's as de- dangerous as driving while drunk. That's they've they've done studies on it, and it's it's very dangerous to work while you're tired. Your reactions aren't there. Your you're you're in general you're just not as as aware of what you should be and i know it's difficult sometimes during spring when you want to run 24 hours because there's a big rainstorm coming but just please take breaks when you can and uh, even a few quick naps throughout the day can really really help with your awareness and and keeping you safe and another thing we've got two small kids and um just be really aware of where your kids are um, when you're moving equipment in the yard my kids know if there's equipment moving in the yard to get to a tree or building because the operator will see that tree or building but they won't see the kids necessarily so just really be aware of where your kids are where your family members are and take take breaks if you can because it's it's really important to your safety marty how about you yeah farm safety it's such a broad topic there can be so many things that we could say from uh, what laura is mentioning about taking breaks and actually you can tie that into when you're planting you know, make sure you're checking your equipment. So getting out of the tractor and checking your equipment to make sure that it's proper, uh, properly functioning. I mean, the worst case is you drive all day and then you find out that, you know, the seed was not planted properly, too shallow. Check your seeding depth. Check that things are aligned with your starter fertilizer. Make sure that your fertilizer is going down properly. You're putting the right rates on. There's a lot of other things that keep you very active and busy, and that'll help keep you awake as well. But every once in a while, get outside, stop the tractor, take a walk around, check everything out. It's very important. And while you're doing that, hopefully you've wore safety boots because you're working around equipment and things can happen. I know there's a lot of people that like wearing running shoes and soft-soled shoes because you're just sitting in a tractor. But you got to remember, you're working on a farm. You're doing more than just sitting in a tractor driving. You've got to be equipped with the right safety equipment. Um, And, hey, if there's any power takeoff, any other equipment that you're working around, the loose clothing. Be careful of that. There's just so many things with safety that you got to keep in mind when you're on the farm. So many things going on. Um, and one of the key things is to don't don't work alone. Make sure people know where you are. Have that plan of what you're going to plant, where you're going to plant it. Let people know where you are. Uh, just keep that communications within your team, whether it's just you and your wife um, or your or your husband that you're working with. Um, let people know around you where you're working. And uh, and if you're just working by yourself and you're farming by yourself. Make sure there's there's somebody that you're in touch with, whether it's parents or children or whatever. Make sure somebody knows or your neighbor. There, there's people you can communicate with. And it, it is a community event during planting time. Uh, and hopefully you can work together safely. This year, another aspect of farm safety is COVID-19. It's kind of lingering on out there. Um, and a lot of farms hire in additional help over the springtime. Um, what are some extra tips maybe that people can think about in relation to staying healthy from that aspect of COVID-19? We recently uh, had a webinar with Dean Anderson from WSPS, Workplace Safety and Prevention Services. And um, the webinar in general was more on the lighting requirements, tolling requirements, speed limits of, of tractors and when age of drivers and that sort of thing. And it's, it's really good. We just posted it online uh, last week. So be sure to check that out. But he was also saying that WSPS... Um, .ca slash COVID has a lot of resources for farms um, to be aware of. If you have 
employees, you need to have a COVID plan. So that is one thing. And, and WSPS has a really great document that you can follow along and create your own COVID plan. But in general, just be aware who, of who's coming to your farm um, when they're due. Maybe you used to have a thing that they had to check in at your, your shop office or whatever, and just make sure that there's signage available so that people know what the plan is and how to get in touch with you as opposed to walking through into your office if you don't want them to be there. Um, everybody's got cell phones now. So that makes um, staying in touch much easier and to get in touch with somebody. Um, but yeah, that WSPS.ca slash COVID has a lot of resources on on what farmers should be aware of and, and what they should be working towards for this spring. Yeah, that, that webinar definitely had a lot of great information in it um, in terms of what to do with COVID and even being on the road with the tractor and keeping people safe. So I kind of want to switch a little bit of gears here um, and kind of just talk about the cover crop feedback form that um, we've been pushing out for our farmer members. Did you guys want to mention or just kind of talk a little bit about what that is and what that means for our farmers across Ontario? Sure. Yeah. Grain Farmers of Ontario is uh, we're we're one of the uh, the key organizations that are helping to spur this on. We're the, the chair people uh, looking after the cover crop uh, committee within, within Ontario. Uh, we had an opportunity to work with uh, about 10 different organizations in order to put a uh, kind of a cover crop survey, but really what we're looking for is farmer feedback, whether you're growing cover crops or not growing cover crops. But um, the questionnaire kind of goes through, you know, what considerations you have when you do grow cover crops, or if you're not growing cover crops, why, why you don't. And really we want to understand from farmers uh, what makes or breaks it for cover crops for them. So uh, just some real quick questions in there for them. They can just check the, check the boxes, probably about maybe 10 minutes. But you can, uh, if you Google Ontario cover crop farmer feedback, you'll be able to find it, the survey, and you can click on that survey. We're still looking for uh, some more farmers that don't use cover crops and want to hear back from them. Uh, we've got over 500 uh, farmers that have already participated. We're hoping by the end of the month we can reach 1,000 it's really good information for us to help uh, break the data down. We can do some really good summaries and understand uh, what we can do to help help farmers with cover crops. And a lot of this is going to be utilized um, for, for different policy programs that we're working on, um, also extension works and research, knowing where to invest the research. So it's really important that we hear back from our farmer members. Um, so please take some time and uh, complete that form if you haven't already. And if you have, thank you very much. Well, I think we've covered a lot of ground in this conversation, no pun intended there. Uh, perhaps you could just wrap up with maybe what each of you would say is your top tip for spring and getting ready for spring 2021 this year. Um, Marty, why don't we start with you on that? Yeah, I think what are the goals of planting, right? And I think about four R's, it's all about fertilizer, but there's also the four R's in planting. I'm not sure people are aware of that, but you need to have the right depth, which is two inches typically with corn or soybeans about an inch and a half. Um, right spacing, you want to have the right populations, you want your seed positioned properly in the row. You also want the right seed to soil contact and you want to make sure you get the right pressure on it. So four R's can be used for a lot of things. Uh, we're most familiar with fertilizer, of course, but you can also use it at spring planting and be safe. Yeah, and I'd go back to that. Just just be prepared, um, whether it's making sure that everything's ready to go when you, when you can go. Um, 
make sure that you help have the help lined up and that you're going to be taking safety protocols into um, into your operation for this spring um, as it I, I it's going to still be a, a lasting thing in, on our operations for this planting season at least um, and just make sure that you are um, catching up on your sleep before spring hits and, and uh, try to also be aware of your mental health I know um, COVID has certainly caused a lot of stress. Um, grain markets can cause a lot of stress. Weather can cause a lot of stress. And just make sure that if you are um, struggling to reach out, um, there's a lot of people out there who are willing to listen, be it friends or professionals. And uh, just make sure that that's, that's something that if you're needing help or you're needing to talk to reach out. Those are some fantastic tips for our farmer members and our, definitely our listeners. I just wanted to say thank you both for taking the time out of your busy schedules to sit and talk with Rachel and I on the podcast today. And I wish you all the best. Thanks so much for having us. Thanks for listening. Green Farmers of Ontario is holding a virtual March Classic, March 22nd and 23rd. We want to thank our sponsors for continuing to support our organization and our event. Thank you, Bayer Extendflex and Tricepta, DeKalb, Greenfield Global, CCAN, and Syngenta Canada, Inc. Joining me today on the podcast is Brendan Burden, Chair of Grain Farmers of Ontario. Welcome, Brendan. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm well, thank you. So it's been a few weeks since we've chatted, at least, um, and you've been on the podcast. You had that great big interview with Rachel a couple weeks ago, kind of mentioning like your first couple weeks as chair and what you were planning on doing. So how has everything been going? It's been very busy, but it's been productive and, and good. Uh, there's been a lot of work that's been happening kind of behind the scenes on issues that would affect our farmer members. And at the same time, we're we're gearing up for next week for our, our big event. Yeah. So a little bit about that event. So there's technically, I guess, two events happening next week. So let's kind of start with the semi-annual Delegate Day meeting on March 22nd is the right date for that. So what can farmer members kind of expect from that day? Well, I think like usual, they'll get a maybe a more of an update from Crosby and myself as to what the, the last year has been and then a further update as to say since the January meeting update where we are with some files and we do always bring in a, a speaker as well so uh, Mark Brock will be there to speak on his Nuffield uh, scholarship piece um, so we'll have time for lots of uh, discussion and questions because we do have a resolution session as well so it uh, it's always a productive day we we get a lot of feedback from the members but we also provide a lot of uh, additional information that we maybe couldn't do in a a snapshot uh, and we can expand on while we're there. And then following that, I think this the same day actually, just a little bit later in the afternoon is the March Classic. And I know that there's a great speaker lineup coming. And then that first day there's a, a Grain Farmers of Ontario panel to look forward to as well. So what are you looking forward to most about the March Classic this year? Well, as everybody would know, it's it was a bit different last year to to not have the March Classic. So just the fact that our, our team was able to pull together and kind of pivot and get this online uh, piece put together is is a testament to, to their work and the dedication that goes on behind uh, the scenes. And as per usual, we'll try to, 
we've combined it into the two days, but we do have the usual update uh, on the first day is usually kind of a, a social piece. So we'll have kind of a, an update for myself and Crosby just to kick it off. We've got our panel discussion that uh, was moderated with a few questions and chance for people to ask more. And then, yeah, on the, the Tuesday, we've got a, a good speaker lineup ready. And, and it always tends to be a, a good event to get people together and get some some conversation started on some some different uh, issues or, or get some ideas for, for things going forward. Yeah, it, it seems like this year is it's it's going to be a good show, even if it's virtual. I think, you know, with all of those moving pieces and the opportunities to win prizes and, and engage with not only the trade show booths, but the exhibitors and other people as well, I think is going to be a really good show. Yeah, and I think that's key that we still have a, a trade show. It's it's virtual, but there are plenty of opportunities to connect with people within the industry still. And and the fact that our sponsors were, were still on board with doing that is uh, is very helpful to, to be able to have events like this and be able to provide still content during this, uh, this uh, uncertain time still. So with the warmer weather happening, I know across southwestern Ontario, and I know there's still a lot of snow in northern Ontario and eastern Ontario, how are things shaping up and looking for Plant 21 in Essex area? Well, so far, uh, we've had a nice last couple weeks. So we got rid of the, the snow that we had, and it was actually quite a bit more than we had had the last couple of years uh, where I'm at. And we've been pretty dry. So there has been uh, a little bit of nitrogen going on wheat guys doing kind of a split plan that way. And I have seen across Ontario, uh, little bits and pieces. It's always interesting. As soon as you get that first few days of nice weather, everybody perks up and, and starts in on, on some small projects or, or things to get ready for the, uh, the planting season. Yeah, I've definitely seen a few uh, Twitter images and it's hard to tell if it's Ontario or if it's south of the border, but it looks like people are eager to get out into the fields this year and hopefully have another great year. Yeah, and it's always interesting because you see people kind of wrapping up their their projects that they maybe were, were starting over the late fall or winter time and trying to see them come to fruition, guys putting stuff on some planner updates or, or things like that. So there's a sense of optimism around this time where you, in the last little while, there maybe hasn't been as much of that with COVID. So people are kind of optimistic in their operations. There's been some good prices still on soybeans. And when you go into the season with some optimism, I think it can carry you through in your in your regular day-to-day life as well. So I think that uh, it's nice having the nice weather, being able to get outside, move around, and and start plotting out what, uh, what you're planting schedule might look like and getting those pieces together and getting ready yeah for sure i mean i'm not one for knowing but i know that a lot of planning goes into planting and and the year so i think that whole you know get ready get ready to plant kind of just makes it that much better when you're able to kind of get out there and and get into the field too yeah and sometimes it's kind of a hurry up and wait you you really work hard to get something ready because the weather seems nice and then all of a sudden it changes and I mean, we are still uh, mid-March, so we're probably going to still get a kick in the weather uh, pattern up that, that'll that get us cold or wet uh, or something like that along the way. But at least at this time, it's it's kind of like you, you start pulling things out of the shed or you start thinking about what uh, what improvements you might need to do to get ready for spring. 
All right. Well, thank you very much, Brendan, for taking the time out of your day to have a conversation with me about what's going on and, and what we're looking forward to here at Grain Farmers of Ontario. No problem at all. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our Green Talk podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. For more ways to connect with us, including the latest webinar, market report, and our e-newsletter, go to gfo.ca slash Green Talk. A special thank you to our guests this week, Marty Vermey, Laura Ferrier, and Brendan Burney. If you've liked what you've heard today, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And remember, five-star reviews help us grow our audience.